podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast, episode two, the one where we come from behind. I'm Nick Williams, and as always, I'm joined by Jack Davies. How are we doing, Jackie boy? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. You? I'm good, I'm good. On podcast day, we're going to talk about Chelsea's come from behind win at Aston Villa and look ahead to the Manchester City game this week. However, as I'm sure you're aware, last night there was a banner that flew over the Etihad Stadium during the Manchester City-Burnley game. The banner saying white all um sorry, let me get the correct uh statement so I get it um correct for you. It says, yeah, white lives matter Burnley. That was the banner that flew across at Vietti Had Stadium last night. In light of all the great work we've seen the Premier League doing, supporting Black Lives Matter and with the players kneeling. Uh, kneeling before um, kneeling in unison before kickoff. It's just one of those moments, Jack, where you just sort of slowly just bang your head against the wall and just like question, question yeah. the sanity and the brain capacity of some people. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I think it's just uh, one of those like we've had it before as Chelsea fans. It's just this the small minority. Um, ruining it for the others and painting like the club Burnley in a bad light. So um, 99% of their fans, I'm sure, are absolutely outraged by it. I mean, I saw um, Ben Mee's interview after the game and he was ashamed, embarrassed. Um, yeah, yeah, so I just think the minority um, ruining it for, for others and just those people just are not educated enough to to realise what the movement's actually about. It's not, yeah, not saying, not saying um, only Black Lives Matter sort of thing. It's trying to gain equality for for the black people and community. Exactly. So that's why at the start of the podcast, we're going to briefly run through the Black Lives Matter, what basically what they campaigned for and how the movement started. Okay, so the Black Lives Matter movement was founded in 2013 in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's murderer. Black Lives Matter Foundation is a global organization in the US, UK and Canada whose mission is to eradicate white supremacy and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on the states and inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes by combating and countering acts of violence, creating space for black imagination and innovation and centering black joy, we are winning immediate improvements into our lives. Okay, so as we mentioned at the start, the Black Lives sort of movement came in to effect after the acquittal of the of uh Trayvon Martin's uh murderer George Zimmerman. So I just give you some brief events, uh brief history on that quickly. Uh during the months leading up to February the 26th which is when uh, Martin uh, was shot 
Zimmerman called the Zimmerman called the police uh, several times to report people he believed suspicious. On on each of the calls, Zimmerman offered information about the race of the suspects only when specifically asked to do so by the dispatcher. All his reports were of those of black males. On the evening of February the 26th, 2012, Zimmerman observed Martin as he returned to the Twin Lakes housing community after having walked to a nearby convenience store. At the time, Zimmerman was driving through the neighbourhood on a personal errand. At approximately 7.09pm, Zimmerman called the Samford Police non-emergency number to report a suspicious person in the Twin Lakes community. Zimmerman said, we've had some break-ins in my neighbourhood and there's a real suspicious guy. He just, he described an unknown male just walking around looking about in the rain and said, this guy looks like he is up to no good or on drugs or something. Zimmerman reports that the person had his hand in his waistband and was walking around looking at homes. He also mentioned that Martin was wearing a dark hoodie like a grey hoodie. On the recording, Zimmerman is heard saying, these assholes, they always get away. About two minutes into the call, Zimmerman said, he's running. The dispatcher asked, he's running. Which way is he running? Uh, noise on the tape uh, at this point have been interpreted uh, by some media outlets as the uh, sound of a car door chime and Zimmerman getting out of his, uh, possibly opening his car door. Zimmerman followed Martin, eventually losing sight of him. Uh, the dispatcher asked Zimmerman if he was following him when Zimmerman said, yeah, the dispatcher said, we don't need you to do that. Zimmerman responded, okay. Zimmerman asked the police to call him upon their arrival so he could provide his location and Zimmerman ended the call at 7.15 p.m. After Zimmerman ended his call with police, a violent encounter took place between him and Martin and ended with Zimmerman fatally shooting Martin 70 yards from the rear door of a townhouse where Martin was staying. Now, Trayvon Martin was a 17-year-old kid who was unarmed, and obviously there was huge outrage of what happened. However, due at the time, and as they still do, Florida has a stand-your-ground law Understand your ground law, sometimes called line in the sand or no duty to retreat law, establishes a right by which a person may defend oneself or others against threats or perceived threats, even to the point of applying lethal force, regardless of whether safely retreating from the situation might have been possible. If you want to find more information about that case or similar cases in the US like that, I've thoroughly recommend checking out the Netflix documentary 13th uh, which you can also I believe find on the Netflix YouTube channel that's just a brief sort of brief like one example of the reasons why the Black Lives Matter community uh, Black Lives Matter movement sort of started because they want you know inc incidents like that shouldn't should not be happening in our society um, right, I guess on to, sorry, I'll just get a final thing because the Burnley, going back to the Burnley thing, the fan, there's an article from a, from the fan that, in, so that involves the fan who has been named, if I just get it up, Burnley fan, Jake Heppel. He's refused to apologise and shared his video of the incident on his Facebook page. Heppel wrote, I'd like to take this time to apologise 
to absolutely effing nobody. It's now apparently racist to say white lives matter. His Facebook account, which also featured an archive selfie with English Defence League founder Tommy Robinson, has since disappeared. The statement, just going back to what Jack said about Burnley's shock at it, the club's statement was, we wish to make it clear that those responsibles are not welcome at Turf Moor. This in no way represents what Burnley Football Club stands for, and we work fully with the authorities to identify those responsible and issue lifetime bans. And look, again, as Jack and I were sort of saying that the Black Lives Matter movement, the point of it isn't to diminish the importance of other people's lives. It's more, it's to highlight that the black, black people and black communities are denied certain human rights simply by the virtue of their skin. It's about gaining equality. And hopefully, as we've seen in the opening round of Premier League fixtures, powerful images being sent all over the world, hopefully, hopefully a change can start to happen. Right, now onto some more happier things. Chelsea returned to Premier League action on Sunday, a come-from-behind win against Aston Villa. JD, you and I were texting throughout the game. Oh, if it sort of felt like we went through pretty much the, every emotion that we have this season following Chelsea, you know, from frustration to joy to just hanging on at the end. It was just a sort of a typical Chelsea performance. Yeah. Massively, I felt a lot of uh, deja vu during that game. Um, first half, I thought we were we were okay. We were a bit slow, um, knocking it about. It was a bit like last year, just knocking it from side to side, not really doing much with it. Had all the possession. Um, had a few chances, to be fair. Obviously, didn't take them because we're just not very clinical. <laughs> And um, Villa score, and I just thought, oh, God, here we go again. Um, it did but, feel like that. Um, yeah, Pulisic come on, change, seemed to change the game. Um, I think the fact that we scored the two goals literally like a couple of minutes after each other was, was big. Um, yeah, well, I was happy with the three points to take that, um, especially after the other results on the weekend. So... We've opened up a bit of a gap there, especially going into Thursday against City. Not, I'm not going to expect too much from that, especially after last night. Um, but yeah, no, good for football to be back. Um, and yeah, looking forward to the last few games. Yeah, exactly. Chelsea returned with effectively nine cup finals left to play, 27 points on off to play for. It sort of felt we've, we've just got the first one out of the way. Job done. Villa were always going to be a difficult game. They're fight. They're fighting for their lives. Mm-hmm. I have to say credit to Frank. He made changes early in the second half, bringing Pulisic and Barkley on. Ruben, understandably, just looked a bit off the pace. Yeah. And Kovacic, probably by his high standards, had a disappointing game. Just not quite, not quite at it. But credit to Frank. He made the changes, had the desired effect. Uh, also, just a word, but we see N'Golo Kante, Conte, however you want to however you want to pronounce it, seem to be playing sort of as a lone DM against Aston Villa. What some many people, play, certainly playing in that defensive midfield position, what's many pundits and people viewed as his best position. Was it more a case of it was just Villa, we've had a lot of possession and he's just there to sort of shore us up and sort of basically do a job on Grealish? Because we've not seen him play there this season. 
And I think... Yeah. Um, yeah. I think so. I think as well, the fact that Jorginho was suspended, I think that was a big... Um, um, sort of indicator that led to Kante, Kante playing in that role. I mean, Kovacic probably could have played the Jorginho role, to be fair. Um, yeah, I mean, Grealish was very quiet, wasn't he? So, yeah, did a good job on this. Contained him. <laughs> Although, you yeah, do have to say, just... with our defence, you, you just worry. Yeah, yeah, big time. Big time. And I was going to say, I was going to say Mount was, Mount was very impressive oh, on Saturday, no. uh, Sunday. Yeah. Very, very sharp. Um yeah, looking good going into the last few games for him, definitely. And also, big again, Oli Giroud up top again. His hold up is just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Three goals in his last four starts in the Premier League for us, I believe now. And again, we we're talking yeah. about you know we both said thought Tammy would start up top against Villa, but with with Giroud's performance again, it's hard to see him not starting against City. Although yeah. again, with City's high line, maybe maybe that's a game. We'll see um, Tammy Abraham in again. Just some quick thoughts on some some other players that well, I thought Christensen's distribution of the ball in the first half was quite good, but again, I just yeah. worry with his physicality. He just not quite assured. And then Rudiger, yeah, is you know probably nothing more than that was yeah. okay. Nothing nothing special. Uh, as Pilaqueta after. <laughs> What seemed like putting about yeah. a billion crosses in eventually got, yeah, got one honestly. right. <laughs> That's what I was saying. That is that cross he put in for the first goal was honestly, it gets that one in 500. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. But that is the type of goal that Frank loves us to be scoring. If you think back to the, the Burnley game of Bridge early in the season, Aspilicueta again put a ball in. You had a Hudson Adoy arriving uh, just in front of goal to tap in. So, again, would we have seen, you know, we'd have arguably seen better delivery from Rhys James if he'd started. But you have to say, Rhys James, when he come come on oh, in those five yeah. minutes, sloppy and off the pace. He was poor. Yeah, he was poor. He, he gave the ball away the first three times he had it. Um, and just out by the byline, trying to, he's a, he is a big lad, but trying to just like sort of use his strength around people and just lost it two or three times. And they've led to a few counter-attacks and I was thinking, oh no. Especially that late on when we were just holding on. The thing I have with this team is pretty much every set piece, every corner, I'm just scarred. I'm terrified because of what Ajax <laughs> did to us at the bridge. Scoring yeah. about two or three goals from from just whipping balls in across and also like the amount of goals we've conceded in the league. I have to say, that Villa game, at half-time, I was thinking, oh God, this is Newcastle away all over again. Yeah. But, the boys came from behind. We won. We're now five points clear of fifth. Huge from us. We've seen Sheffield United play twice, only take one point. You don't want to necessarily rule teams out early doors, but potentially we might start to see them drift away from the top four race, which is good for us. Arsenal have lost twice, which, I mean, ultimately, we didn't yeah. really consider them a top four threat, but I guess with the quality they've got in attack, you you. You, you can't rule them out, but that's probably them gone. Spurs drawing again, they've fallen further behind us. You're looking at them going to have to be pretty much perfect from here on out, which given their performance against United, how much they dropped off in the second half, I see that as unlikely. 
JD, being optimistic, are we only... We're looking up at Leicester, obviously, because we're now only three points behind them. But also looking down, we've probably only got to worry about Manchester United and Wolves. Wolves, yeah. I think Wolves are the... um... The dark horse we got got to keep our eyes on, um, and United United have been all right as well. Um, Pogba when he came on made a couple oh, a quality of quality player. That uh, pass across the field and his um, on the half volley was just just oh, class. Yeah. And then Fernandez played that that pass he played into Martial was that's that's the type of player I like to watch when like. That's the type of positions I like to play in when I play. So seeing passes like that is, he is, he is a good player. Although he was uh, diving about the place, um, which you don't like to see. <laughs> when you look, you look, we look, you look at that United team, and they're potentially on course from their like lowest, I think, lowest points total in their, you know, Premier League history or whatever for them. And you look, you look at that front line with, you know, Martial, Rashford, etc. You've yeah. got. And well, I mean, you know, Dan James and Greenwood, not not bad options on the wing. You've got, you know, Bruno, McTominay, Fred. I mean, Pogba was on the bench, and that their defence is pretty solid as well. And they've got a top 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 keeper, despite despite the error that he made. Mm-hmm. So, just again, talk. You know, we've seen United have obviously also played us twice in the league this year and beaten us twice. So, yeah. how much of a credit is it to Frank? And to Jody and all the boys at Chelsea, but we're five points clear of them. Despite this, we've had a lot of injury issues this year. You know, we've had Pulisic has probably missed about forty percent of the season at least. Kante yeah. probably about fifty percent of it. Reese James missed, you know, games here and there. Same with Hudson Odoi, you know, etc. And Tammy's had a few. Tammy's had a few games yet out as well, and you know we've not had Ruben at all, all season. So how much is a credit to yeah. Frank? That you know the job he's done, that with five clear a fifth. Oh, mass massively, massively. Um, I think it just goes back to the start of the season. If you'd if you'd said to us, we'd be this far down the line in the season in fourth, clear by five points. I think we would have um, uh, bitten your hand off at that. Um, just to just to get Champions League football again for another season would be huge for us, especially with the new signings coming in. Um, gives more incentive to come to Chelsea as well for future signings. Um, but yeah, no, they've, they've, they've done a very good job. Um, I think a few, a few results have helped us just by everyone dropping points, but, that's how it goes sometimes, isn't it? Um, yeah, being yeah. being very cynical, there's one outstanding yeah. team in this league. There's one very good team that have dropped off by their standards. One, you know, good team that surprised everyone else and thoroughly after but a lot of very average teams. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, you know, let's not go crazy. This is quite an average Chelsea team. Yeah. But the boys are doing well. Yeah. And it's encouraging as well. You know, we've seen, you know, all the debutants Frank's, you know, had this year, Gilmore, Mount, Reese, you know, Tammy Tammy and Fick had I think made their debuts a few seasons before but actually getting regular yeah. opportunities. Now we've seen Tino Andrin feature in, you know, League Cup and came on against Everton just before break. Armando Brozier featured against 
Everton just before break. We had Ian Matson come off the bench against Grimsby's, Grimsby as well. So there's a lot of exciting youngsters coming through. And, you know, we've already sort of discussed briefly last week the signings of Werner, the signings of Ziyech. Frank's building something pretty special. And I think it's going to be quite an exciting time to be a Chelsea fan these next few years, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. If we uh, if we keep hold of him, if Roman doesn't chuck his uh, toys out of the pram, hopefully yeah. not. <laughs> never know, never know with, with Roman. Right, that's yeah. sort of the Villa discussion done. We're now going to look ahead to Manchester City, who've you know, been in pretty good form since we returned a 3-0 win against Arsenal. <laughs> I mean, it's Arsenal, but eh. and a 5-0 win against Burnley. Um, eight changes to their team they made last night. No, you know, De Bruyne on the bench, Gundogan on the bench. It had a completely uh, back four. Yeah, I think I saw. I think I saw um, Fabregas's uh, story last night, and he just put a screenshot of the bench and was like, "That team could win the league." Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. the options that that team have is just, just ridiculous. Yeah. But um, looking forward to that game. Um, pff, I don't tough, really know what to say. It's hard to predict. It's tough, isn't it? It's tough because if. We talk, you know, looking back at the previous fixture, but that was so long ago and so much has, has changed in football. We've not been playing football regularly. We actually, we went to the Etihad Stadium early in the season, lost 2-1. But we actually mm. played really well that game. Yeah. First 30 minutes, we were yeah, superb. Kante scored, didn't he? Yeah, mm. that Kovacic yeah. ball over the top and Kante, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Two, two people not necessarily known for their goal scoring and creating ability <laughs> coming up big then. So that's, I guess, the next big point we've got City at home the lineup's going to be interesting obviously Jorginho now available from suspension mm-hmm. in the big games against the big teams Frank's tended to go for a midfield free when fit obviously of Kante Jorginho and Kovacic yeah. which has often meant Mason Mount being deployed further up on the wing yeah We've also seen Frank in some of the big games play a free at the back. Various degrees of success. Obviously, he worked both times against Spurs. Mm-hmm. Against Arsenal, that got abandoned half an hour into it. And obviously, we lost. We played it at Wolves early on in the season, won very well there. But then we played it against Valencia at home, Champions League, and lost. And then I think we played it against Southampton and lost. So it's, you know, varying degrees of success, I guess. The first question is. Formation-wise, we go stick with four at the back. Um, I think I think so. I'm, I'd, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd go four at the back. Personally, yeah. yeah. So no, I'm, this is this is where it's difficult because you know, again, we'd imagine as Palaqueta starts, obviously Kepering goal. Mm-hmm. I change. think he'll just go with the same. Yeah, the, the same. He'll go with the same four. Okay, that's, see, that's in, interesting. I thought maybe Zuma for one of them, but again, you know, it's it's tough. We you, we honestly don't know. I guess for midfield is where it gets tricky. Yeah, gets interesting because again, does he go with the you know players that ended the game against Villa? Because you know, I thought Barkley again was quite good when he came on. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot lot of decisions for Frank. So I guess you know you you got the midfield free spot on against. Yeah, Villa. spot on, but it didn't. 
didn't work, exactly did it? Work, did it? So, <laughs> yeah. um, I, don't, I don't think I don't think Ruben will start this one. No. Um, he just looked off the pace. I wouldn't, didn't he? I wouldn't say unfit, but just yeah, yeah off the pace, a bit rusty. Um, it'll yeah take a few games for him to get back to it. Um, I think Mount's got to start. Yeah. Um, even if it's up top on the left wing. Um, to be honest, I. I'd, I'd maybe put him on one wing and then put Pulisic on the yeah, other and put Williams on the bench. Definitely. Yeah, I've got Pulisic starting. He deserves to start. Yeah, definitely. Just and then and then I reckon it will. I reckon it will. I don't think he cannot start Giroud after another goal. So I think it will be him to start. Um, yeah, and then I probably that midfield three. I think that you said. Um, but we shall see. <laughs> right, JD and I are in unison. We completely, we both completely agree on the starting eleven that Frank should pick against Manchester City, whether we're right or wrong. Uh, we will have to wait and see. Uh, I guess quick, Jack. Ugh. Prediction. I'll take a draw. I'll take a draw. I just worry about our defence against them. Yeah. yeah, oh, big time. Oof. It would be nice to have one like the other season when we beat them 2-1. Um, oh, I mean, last uh, season's performance... I'm not going to get my hopes up. 2-0, I did not see that coming. Yeah. So, oh. Yeah, 2-0. Um, yeah, well, we're going to be conceding goals. So, I don't know. I'll go for 2-2. Ooh, OK. I'll, I'll try <laughs> to be a bit... I'll go 1-1 one, one. when neither of us are confident of the boys getting a victory. <laughs> and also, as it's shown, we've seen some of the early games in the Premier League, unless you're Arsenal, of course, but playing away from home, it seems to be an advantage. Yeah. Okie doke. <laughs> right, I think that just about wraps up uh, the podcast. Uh, just say, we are on Spotify. We are on Pocket Casts. Um, yeah, exactly. So make sure you follow us on there. If you're watching this, this will be uploaded to the Instagram a bit a bit later, uh, where we you shared. Obviously, on get it, you know, on Spotify with your friends. Just get it out there, get and listen. It's not as we've seen at the start of the podcast day, not just a football podcast. Well, we do talk about you know some of the bigger issues that we you know inside, but obviously go into football and we do have a podcast planned with a guest talking about, you know, perhaps some of the big, big issues, you know, in football surrounding them. So, you know, we'll let you know when that's happening and then, you know, get your questions in for our guest. Uh, in the meantime, JD, it's been a pleasure. Uh, see you soon and uh, keep the blue flag flying. Hi, everybody. Sports Social Podcast Network.